This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is North, 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 South. North South. Everybody, Tim Kawakami here, North and South, uh, at a very, very interesting time for this podcast, which has been not football focused for most of it. Has been Dodger Shohei Otani, Dylan Hernandez speaking Japanese uh, related. Now, Jim Harbaugh hired by the Chargers had his big presser yesterday. My co-host, Dylan Hernandez, you were there. You were uh, feeling the energy from the one and only Jim Harbaugh. What was the scene like? What, 45-minute presser? I guess that can't be all Harbaugh. That was John Spanos or maybe other people from the organization. Just give me a picture of Jim Harbaugh arriving. And I don't even know where this was. I I, I was like trying to think, where would they have this? I guess it was, what, in, in Inglewood somewhere? Yeah, so they uh, right next to basically attached to SoFi Stadium is something called the YouTube Theater, right? Oh. And it's like a musical venue. Uh, you know, Juanes is going to be there like this month, right? Sold out already. Uh, so a lot of like high uh, high profile musical acts go through there. And so, yeah, they had it there, you know, and I just kind of go back. I remember like Anthony Lynn, he did his introductory presser like on the concourse at uh, what is now called Dignity Health Sports Park, you know, the old Home Depot Center. Uh, right. Very not much. Just a little backdrop. No bells and whistles. Uh, this was kind of done on the stage again, like kind of a music stage there. Uh, the setting was a little bit weird. Again, it had the Chargers backdrop. Uh, have you seen that? That uh, was it the Between Two Ferns with Zach Galifianakis? Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Yes, so they, yes. It kind of looked like the set it's of that. It's not a good start, by the way. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> OK, so that said, yeah, I was, we were kind of like ch- amongst ourselves kind of chuckling about that because I pointed that out. And, you know, people right? all oh, the Chargers are going to somehow mess this up. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. You know, I think there was kind of a different feel there. I think, you know, one of the. Um, biggest things to me that kind of stood out about the thing is just kind of how much Harbaugh was like working the owners already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you hear all these things about how he, right, the whatever clashes he's had with authority and this and that. Uh, I think what we saw yesterday was how skilled of a politician he is, right, in, in getting at least what he wants initially, um, you know, because he, 
was talking about him and the Spanos family as like we, you know, I think I, I go back a little bit to, you know, when, you know, you have owners or management that doesn't have a great reputation and somebody new kind of comes in. Right. And even though they might say the right thing, they kind of make it clear like, hey, like, yeah, I'm with them, but I'm not really with them. Right. I remember when Andrew Friedman was first hired by the Dodgers, um, you know, I asked him at the introductory press conference, Stan Kasten sitting next to him and Stan Kasten is just, you know, very like unlike person in baseball. And I just asked him, have you heard what it's like to work for him? You know, and Friedman said the right things. But again, you, you can kind of feel this a little bit. You know, whereas with Harbaugh, I really feel like he's putting his arm around, you know, I mean, Harbaugh's a winner, right? And he has winning aura about him. And the Spanoses are kind of the opposite. And he really went out of his way to kind of put his arm around them. Hey, if this is about us. You know, he was telling Dean, you're a grinder. You're like me, you know. Um, so instead of kind of trying to create any kind of like distinction between him and them, it was like, hey, you're you're one of right? He's coaching them up, it feels. <laughs> and almost trying to coach them up into being good owners, because I think ultimately he knows, right, that, you know, his success here, a lot of it's going to be predicated on like how much they're willing to spend on, you know, kind of, right, uh, peripheral stuff, you know, the, the analytics departments, you know, the obviously they're still kind of in the process of filling out the coaching staff, you know, and hey, look, if they obviously the fact that he took the job lets me know that. You know, he got certain assurances that they were going to spend, you know, obviously Dean Spanos goes out there yesterday. Hey, we won't, you know, we're going to do whatever we can. Uh, that said, we've also heard that before, right? We've heard that before from the Spanoses. I mean, this one kind of reminds me a little bit, actually, of when Frank McCourt hired Joe Torre, right? Where you bring in kind of this winning manager, you know, and, you know, it's a kind of a big thing in the, you know, for McCourt. And, you know, uh, I mean, Torre came in thinking, they might be able to sign A-Rod, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they did not come close to signing A-Rod, right? I mean, they, that was, you know, those were pretty skimpy years. I mean, and not for Manu Ramirez falling out of the sky, uh, you know, they probably don't win at all during, during his tenure there. So, you know, um, that to me was kind of the biggest thing was, you know, because look, I've been to these things before. We've always, you know, we've all heard the GM or, you know, the coaches thanking the owner, right? I mean, that's the guy signing the check. But this to me felt like it went beyond that. And I, you could see it's working. You know, the Spanoses were, they were proud yesterday. You know, they were really walking around with their chest stuck out. Like, you know, you, you heard, you know, Dean afterwards, you know, met with a group of reporters and he was talking about, you know, the work starts now. So he's starting to sound like Harbaugh, you know. And so at least for the initial part of it, they're on board. The question is going to be, you know, kind of will they follow through in the coming months and, and years? Yeah, I, I think you can see a reaction to kind of what Harbaugh's gone through. Obviously, with the 49ers, it was a big event. It was very showy. That was in San, downtown San Francisco, very glitzy, not in Santa Clara. It's kind of the only you know one of those they've had that splashy because it was Jim Harbaugh. Uh, music played, all these things. Uh, and, you know, the ownership wasn't really all the way there all the time. And, and I think, I mean, it, that was a little more slapdash. It was kind of like, we got Jim Harbaugh. We'll stick up with Trent Baalke and the, everything will be working out fine because we think it'll be fine. Now, we'll see what happens with the Chargers. But I think this is Harbaugh saying, I kind of need to bring them in at least rhetorically. Like, well, I need them to sign off on this by on this stage in this moment. We are all together. Again, does not mean that we'll stay that way. And obviously, the new GM uh, is going to have a very big part of that. Now, did he speak at this uh, event? He did not. He won't be speaking until next week. And, you know, we did speak to John Spanos, who's right the head of their football operations, and just kind of about who gets final say, 
And, you know, if it, if that is set, they're not saying right now. Right. Um, so, you know, cause right. John Spanos's thing was like, look, like this is, a, this is a collaborative effort ultimately, right. You want, you know, even if they disagree, you want them to eventually kind of get, be able to kind of work it out. If they can't, that's going to be a problem. Um, you know, so on one hand, you know, they're taking kind of a pretty optimistic view of this. Obviously the GM, you know, worked with Jim's brother in, in Baltimore. So there's a familiarity there of sorts. Um, you know, and John Harbaugh, you know, gave this guy his endorsement evidently. So Jim feels comfortable with that, but, uh, yeah, you know, this could be, this could be one of those things that's a problem down the road at some point, you know, especially if things go south at some point, you know, um, you generally you know, that's like this way when, when they, when they don't say who's got the final say, it's the guy who they threw the press conference for who has the final say. Uh, you know, again, doesn't mean he's gonna, Jim Harbaugh is going to be picking the players. Certainly doesn't want to decide how they use the salary cap. Certainly doesn't want to do contracts. But uh, you know, pursuant to the approval of the head coach, I think is the phrase that the four ers at least use with Shanahan and John Lynch. John Lynch is very powerful. I'll be speaking to him in a little bit. We've got the uh, little pre-Super Bowl lineup of, of people talking. But uh, Kyle Shanahan has the final say. If anything big has to be approved, it's him. I imagine when you pay Jim Harbaugh with $16, $17 million a year, you throw a big bash. You get Dylan Hernandez there. Of all, I mean, Dylan Hernandez was there. Uh, I think that's kind of how that will play out. Like, I'm sure the, the, the GM was hired with, yeah, with Harbaugh's approval when you work it that way. He's going to have to say, like, when they figure stuff they're going to have to do, it's going to be through Harbaugh. Uh, what did you think of his energy? What did you think of just the vibe of Harbaugh? Um, he was, you know, it's an introductory presser. He came across as a little more folksy, I guess, right, than I, than I kind of imagined. He told a lot of stories. Uh, you know, that said, you could tell he's still kind of, a, you know, to what you've been saying kind of in recent weeks, right? He's kind of a tough nut to crack. Uh, at some point, he dropped some kind of like little reference to Ted Lasso. Which kind of made me go like, huh? Like Jim Harbaugh likes Ted Lasso, you know. So as the thing was winding down, I just asked him like, "Hey, like, what part of yourself do you see in Ted Lasso, or are there parts of Ted Lasso that you wish you had?" You know, and he kind of talked around it. You know, he kind of get well, you know, their life lessons and the whatever, right? Um, but you, I kind of wanted to see because it would have been kind of an insight, I think, into who he is as a person. You know, and he kind of talked about it without revealing much of himself, right? And again, you kind of go with, you know, uh, Mc, right, Sean McVay, the other coach in town, um, you know, now that I'm not saying like McVay's like an open book by any means, but McVay's like selectively honest, right? Um, you know, uh, right, our buddy Oscar De La Hoya, <laughs> you know, no, well, wow, selectively yeah. honest, right? Because Very like, good, when it, you know, good. right? Because it's like, okay, I'm not gonna touch this at all, but like, I'm gonna, in certain moments, kind of show, reveal parts of my soul that like, will make me more relatable to you, you know? And so from that sense, the fact that like Harbaugh kind of talked around what was really kind of a softball question, you know, um, shows me that, okay, this guy's again, right. The walls are up, you know, again, he, he came across as very, you know, again, kind of folksy and friendly, but when you really, there was, there wasn't a lot of like deep, deep answers in there. Right. I don't yeah, really yeah. feel like I knew. He's not yeah, he's not Mr. Introspective. He's not Mr. Yeah. Let me let, let me show you my vulnerabilities. He's definitely not that. Uh, and yeah, he has some stories, but y you never know where he's going to go. And I don't think he knows sometimes where he's going to go. It, it does get random. But yeah, I mean, I think he said this. He said this before. I quote it all the time. This is back, I think, when he was a Stanford coach. He says, you open up my head, you're going to find a football. That's what I am. I'm football. 
win football games. And that is contrary to even a lot of football coaches who want you to understand where they've suffered and how they grind, you know, how much they think about all these other things. And Harbaugh's like, let's win fucking football games. Right. Uh, How do we do that? And get out of my way if I think you're in my, you know, you're trying to prevent me from winning football games. Right. And kind of to that point, right? I mean, you know, this kind of meshes what what your thoughts of Brandon Staley were. You know, coming into this year, it was – you know, I think he told a story to like multiple media outlets, like his whole fight with cancer, you know, and he was trying to use that as a metaphor for the football here. You know, I think there were two main football points that I kind of I got listening. You know, one is he really kind of emphasized, you know, we need to protect Justin Herbert. Right. Mm-hmm. It's about the offensive line. It's a protection. He kept going back to that. We need to protect this guy. And two, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of interesting. You know, they're, they're right. There are four guys with a huge salary cap uh, hits coming next year the two guys he mentioned derwin james keenan allen he did not mention mike williams and he did not mention khalil mack who was a brandon staley guy you know so if they're going to be moved you know I, i'm guessing again that that was intentional right yeah. i mean he went out of his way to talk about you know because the the spanoses were talking about how much harbaugh inspired them right uh, john harbaugh or john spanos told a pretty funny story about how you know when one of the in- rounds of interviews was over that dean was like you know, I'm so fired up now. Like I have to go work out, you know, and, you know, Harbaugh followed up, followed that up by saying, you know, actually that's how I felt after I talked to Derwin James, right. Mm-hmm. This guy's like a leader. So again, um, you know, I, I'm guessing he's kind of tipped his hand a little bit into like his preferences, but again, like, right. Those two things, which I thought were probably the most in some ways revealing things there uh, were football things. Kind of like you said. Yeah, and the Justin Herbert thing is, I mean, so obvious. He doesn't take this job, I don't think, unless Justin Herbert is there. Yeah. Uh, and he believes in that that he can do something with him. You know, he, he believes he can you know make him a better, tougher, whatever player you want, you want, you want to say about We know how talented he is. But I think it's going to be running the ball. I think that's how we help fix Alex Smith. You know, that in very, I asked Jed York about it yesterday. You see some similarities between the 2011 team that Jim Harbaugh inherited, which is very talented, was just being screwed up by Mike Singletary and Mike Nolan, was just being screwed up, and we could all see it. Uh, and Harbaugh saw it because he was at Stanford. Like, he was watching the stuff. He watches the NFL. Like, he is very aware of these things. Uh, and it was, we're going to fix them by running the ball. We'll be physical. They had Frank Gore. They had a pretty good offensive line. They made it better. They ran the ball, and Alex Smith could play off of that. Very similar to what Kyle Shanahan does, by the way. There's there's symmetry between Jim Harbaugh and Kyle Shanahan. And Sean McVay is in that. He l- likes to run the ball a little less than those guys, but he still believes in running the ball. We had Todd Gurley. They ran the hell out of the ball. Uh, and he ran the ball at the end of this season. So I think it's going to be running the ball. I think he's going to try to figure out how they're going to run the ball, which you know Her- Herbert obviously is a level or two or three above where Alex Smith was back in 2011. So you can imagine where the fireworks can be. I can just see Harbaugh saying, if we just start running power, and he does love running power, and we saw that at Michigan, uh, and the defense has to respect that. In fact, at times the defense will fear that. Then what's going to happen when you pop us a receiver behind that on play action? Uh, and, and this quarterback can make that instead of a 15-yard throw, he can make a 50-yard throw. So – I just sense that, you know, what I'll just say, what I got from watching from afar, seeing Harbaugh's kind of, he popped up on CBS in the AFC championship game, watching his brother lose, but uh, he did pop up on that show. His mind has been on winning a Super Bowl. It's always been on that. Even at Michigan, obviously, that was the one called job that really was meaningful to him, his alma mater. Get it back. 
You know, that was not a good situation that, that he took over. Took probably longer than he thought it was to get to the national championship, but he did get him in the CFP after six and whatever six years, and then then uh, the, the the straight runs into the uh, CFP, and then finally win it this season, this January we should say. Um, but he wants Lombardi. He wants to, as I've been always sold, like Pete Carroll was the same. Like he won at USC, but he wanted that ride at the end of the Super Bowl on his players' shoulders on NFL films. You point to the sky in slow motion and you win the Lombardi Trophy, and then you have a parade. And Harbaugh's always wanted that. He's an NFL player, been an NFL coach. Um, I'm not saying the Michigan thing was minor to him. It was huge because it was Michigan. But the NFL is where he wants to be. And I think, you know, he doesn't come to any situation where he doesn't think he's going to win. And this is a place he's pretty sure he can. Well, maybe he didn't think he was going to win big at University of San Diego. <laughs> that was his first job. That famously Al Davis told him not to take. Al Davis told him, you, you know, because he was like a quarterback, a quality control coach. Uh, for the Raiders, his first coaching job, first official coaching job. So he did some coaching for his dad uh, way back when. But Art uh, Al Davis said, "You go there, you'll never show up again. You know, you're you're going to be lost." And Jim Harbaugh showed up again. Jim, Jim, Jim and Jim was not real thrilled for Al Davis to tell him that because Al Davis is one of his guys. Uh, but uh, I think he's coming here thinking he's going to win pretty soon. That's what I think. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be this coming season. You know, I would assume he thinks he can, can get can get to the playoffs. He certainly did that with the 49ers. Uh, we'll see. It's a tough, tough conference now, Delano. My God. I mean, you got the Chiefs already in that division. You got Sean Payton with uh, with the Broncos. You've got still got, uh, you know, the Bills. You still got the Bengals. You've got Lamar Jackson with, with the Ravens. They're not going away. Uh, there's some nasty stuff in this conference. Um, but... He got the he, he got the best job of all the jobs that are available. I think he got the best one if he could line up the Spanoses behind him. And at this point, Dylan, what are they going to screw this up? Try to undermine a guy they're paying probably you know ninety million dollars. That would be the self defeating part. You negotiate yourself to get the backing because of the commitment they give to you. Which I've said before, I was kind of surprised he didn't ask for more from the 49ers back in twenty eleven. Like he kind of negotiated himself into a potential you know sniping at, behind his back. At this point, at $16 million a year or whatever it is, uh, I, I don't know that they can do that for quite some time. They're committed to this guy, and why not? Uh, you know, they're a franchise that needs this. Is LA, is L.A. excited about this, Dylan? Is L.A. like taking notice of the Chargers for once? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Relatively, yes. You know, again, this is this is a weird market, man. You know, I mean, it's, um, you know, I would say... I mean, like, if we're going to be honest, right, like half the city is probably more interested, like in the Mexican soccer league, right, mm -hmm. the Mexican national team, um, you know, and you have kind of, you know, it wasn't really until even the last like year or two that I started seeing people wearing chargers, like sweaters and, you know, hats out in the wild. You know, you never saw that. Uh, you know, but, chargers, yeah, if, you, if you want your your PR marketing to succeed, get people in Chargers gear walking around Dylan's house. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dylan will notice it and Dylan will say it on this podcast. Uh, he It matters. Go get get people walking around his Starbucks in Chargers gear. 
Pay them. Yeah, get that but, super fan. Get that super fan around, Dylan. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Is I mean, you see, it's it's been Dodgers, Lakers, USC, you know, and it's very hard to kind of break into that. I think I do think that there is this kind of like, hey, this new guy's kind of coming in town. But again, you know, I think we've seen just so many guys come in and out over the years, you know, again, uh, you know, in some ways, again, this kind of reminded me a little bit of the Chip Kelly thing even, right? Where he, you know, it's funny because his introductory press conference, Chip Kelly was hilarious, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, what are you talking about this guy? I mean, no, you know, not being a talker. This guy's like one of the funniest people I've ever met. And we never saw that guy again, you know? Um, to your point, although also about the, the, you know, this is the one thing is he, he does understand that LA is about winning. Right. Um, and he talked already about multiple championships. Um, that's always a dangerous thing to do, you know, because uh, the last guy I heard say that was Andrew Friedman, you know, and they're still looking for number two right now, 10 years <laughs> later. Right. So um, they told Otani it's a failure. They told Otani yeah. one championship to failure. I mean, that said, that said, that's the expectation in the air. Right. And in some ways, you know, whether you say it, the quiet power out loud or not, like that's the expectation. That is the reality. I kind of like the fact that, like, in some ways, he's kind of acknowledged that. And just like, hey, this is what we're going towards. Um, you know, he did mention that, you know, uh, kind of, and I actually, I, I thought about you actually as he was saying this, you know, that because it, it was one of these questions about like, why now or why, right? Why the NFL? Um, he didn't make it sound so much like it was, a you know, the thing about like timing, whatever. It was just that he said he wanted the opportunity to be a world champion, you know, and you could kind of feel the sincerity of that, you know that that is kind of like exactly what you said, right? You know, on top of the player's shoulders, pointing into the sky, uh, you know. So I do think that this is going to be, you know, this is going to be the kind of the, you know, the. I think he's going to view, he views this as a pinnacle of his coaching career, obviously, right? Where this is going to be the time when he's going to make his name for himself. Um, well, he's, and, he's, not, he's made a name for himself, but yeah. I'm yeah, or like, right, yeah. right. Well, but this is going to this could legendary. be, yeah, this is going to be, yeah, this is going to vault him into kind of that next strata of, you know, again, this is Pete Carroll with the Seahawks winning a Super Bowl, right? Exactly. And it's, and it's in LA. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in LA and it's coming after bringing Michigan to the promised land. Like these are very special things uh, to accomplish. Uh, Bill, very interesting. Uh, you know, we'll see the coaching staff he puts together. I know he brought his Michigan guy, very expected with him as defense coordinator. I think he's super talented. Haven't heard offensive coordinator yet. I mean, I know Greg yeah, Roman's name. The old, you know, the old 49ers offensive coordinator has been named. I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know if that works entirely with the Chargers. But again, I like Greg. So, you know, he's sometimes he gets a bad rap for, for some of the things that they've done. Um, but we'll see. I mean, obviously, Jim's really good at putting together coaching staffs. Like, that, I've said that. He has attracted really good at coaches they don't all like be a brotherhood and they stick together forever but they want to come coach for jim harbaugh because he lets them coach and they win and they can get better jobs after they coach for him uh and that's what coaches want they don't necessarily need the cuddle and the like we're best friends forever you you want to win and you want to get a good job afterwards and you want to be able to make uh, uh, more money and you want to have a great career in the league and got a lot of guys have come through jim harbaugh have done that um yeah we'll see i mean again they, there's a money commitment i think if you underline that they're making here uh and it points to what they can do in salary cap i mean you know listen they've paid a lot of money in the cap it, it's a matter of like will you put up the big money the big bonuses because you've got to pay it now up front out of your pocket it hits the cap over a span of time but it hits your pocket right now uh but they did that with herbert 
I think they can do it with other players. This is why you moved to LA. I mean, I can't, I, I think I said this like since November, do you want to win or not? And in the NFL, you're going to make money. You're not going to lose money. You know, there's a salary cap for a reason. You are making huge media money for a reason. This is just a scale of what you're making. Or do you want to make 120 million or do you want to make 50 million? And then by the way, if you win, and you think you're only going to make $50 million, you can triple that. You can quadruple that in ticket sales and sponsorships and all the other things. This is what blows my mind about a lot of ownership is they don't understand that if you pay money, you make money. Like if you invest it correctly, the teams that invest the most money make the most money. The Dodgers are not going to be in trouble of losing money, paying $800 million for Shohei Tani. In fact, they are making money off of that. Yes. In fact, they are printing money off of that uh, maybe some other deals you can't say that you can uh, when you pay it for the top of the line you, you can probably say that I, i'm curious if harbaugh kind of brings in a new era of coaching in la where mcveigh is very high profile but beyond <laughs> that darvin ham not no you know uh you, you know you've had some other ty Lue, i guess but the, the clippers really count dave roberts though is the one i'm thinking of and we know how the dodgers think about managers but man if harbaugh creates this energy which he's obviously going to do if he wins if he wins a title and i don't know you say multiples i think you can say multiples as a chargers and you know one is going to be just fine and you want to you say the lakers it's different right you say the dodgers is different but the chargers just get one get the first in franchise history ever uh will be pretty good uh but will that change the dynamics you know well people are looking wait a minute look at harbaugh the difference he's making and we know it's different in football. It's the most important coaching uh, spot. But maybe a Darvin Ham, maybe a maybe a Dave Roberts. You're like, okay, could you get a little bit better here? You know, can, can you change the dynamic? You know, instead of just rolling with the same thing, because going from Brandon Staley to Jim Harbaugh is going to feel huge every moment. Already feels huge every extra day. It's just going to feel bigger. Yeah, and I think that, right, it, it allows them to, and I mentioned this last week, I think kind of the dichotomy between Harbaugh and McVeigh, right? And even if they might not necessarily play each other every year, kind of the, right, the different personalities, I'm sure, you know, there's, you know, already between the two organizations over kind of the way this, right, the financing of the stadium and stuff, and, right, there, there, there's already some bickering and back and forth between the two teams, you know, whenever... You're like at one team's training camp. They're always saying something about the other team, you know. And so this is now going to put like actual faces to that, right? Dominant, you know, because the Rams, you know, it doesn't matter whatever players come in, you know, Matthew Stafford, as great a player as he is, that the face of that team is Sean McVay, you know. And now the Chargers have got, you know, and again, as, as great as Herbert is, Herbert is, uh, uh, Harbaugh is now kind of the face of that team, you know. And I think that that's what's going to be kind of the right the you know and with the dodgers it's not dave roberts it's it's andrew friedman right uh, he might not be on the field you might not see him on camera every day but that's andrew friedman's team you know and so here you have right when the the guy in charge so to speak is on camera all the time the one that's speaking to the media the most right i do think it's going to kind of create a different dynamic there and you know it's i i think it's only a good thing for you know and the, i'll say this about the rams um They've always been very kind of aware of the bigger picture, right? Because, you know, and probably because, like, right, they have this stadium that they can rent out to different events and stuff. They understand that, you know, the business of football being good is ultimately good for Stan Kroenke, you know. And I remember a couple of years ago when it looked like the Rams were kind of in decline and, you know, uh, SC was kind of getting better and, you know, what's going to, right? They, I think it was right when they had just hired Lincoln Riley. 
And I talked to, you know, Kevin Demoff about that. And he was like, hey, look, man, you know what? I, our, ideally for us, they're playing in the national championship game, which, by the way, we're hosting, you know. Um, and so I think that there's kind of that, right? It's, it's that if, if you know, if because as is even though the Rams are the most popular team in town, it's not that overwhelming, right? I think I mentioned before that, you know, the, the last like poll that they did, you know, the local NFL fans, like 15%, they are the Rams are the most popular team, but they only have about 15% of the market here, you know? So it's not like that there's this overwhelming ubiquitous presence like the Dodgers or the Lakers. Um, and, you know, they can, if this rivalry becomes something, you know, it could be one of those situations where it ele- elevates both parties. It'd be good for this podcast. <laughs> It'll be yeah. damn good for this podcast. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're talking about let's talk about a football team that is still playing games right still now. Played, so, actually uh, playing games, yeah, yeah not not amazing. imaginary. Yeah, not press conferences <laughs> were. I was like writing it because Jed York had his press availability yesterday at about the same time Harbaugh was being introduced. It was very synchronicity to that. Obviously, what happened nine years ago. But I was like, I was trying to think, where would they be? I don't even know where the whole is. It goes to Mesa, also. Good note. Where the hell are they? So uh, th- th- that all flashed through my mind. It would be good when the Chargers do finally have a base to, to, to be in. But and I mean, it's just a, this is a, a team that went through weird stuff that was Charger-like for a long time. You, you know, they, they paid money. I mean, I think Jed Yorks and Yorks kind of got ripped for being cheap, but they were paying up to the cap. It was not a terrible process. But now they are really paying money. They're paying money up front to knock down the cap hit, but they also aren't going to pay for it at the end. Uh, they've been steady with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. I think Jed York is mature. This is a mature team. Uh, you know, I don't quite go in the, oh, okay, you get the Super Bowl. If you lose, it's all a failure. I really fight back against that because then you're, what, you're supposed to not get the Super Bowl? It's better for you not to get the Super Bowl? To be the second best team in the league is it is a failure? No. You, you do have to win one. Kyle Shanahan has to win one to justify this. Brock Purdy, all the elite questions. But I think we're just seeing a team in a moment that, yes, understands that it will be you know, a loss would be a terrible thing, but you can't be so tight that you're thinking that because then you're going to lose. And they're playing a great team. And Patrick McCombs can beat you at any time. Kyle Shanahan said that. Like the, th- the team you want to avoid is the one with a great quarterback because you, you can win every other place. In fact, they did win every other place, including at the quarterback in the Super Bowl four years ago against Patrick Mahomes. And then one third and 15, Tyreek Hill shakes loose, and the whole thing goes downhill in seven minutes at the end of the game, and they lose by 10 after being up by 10. Um, but this team understands it. I, I re- really think this team's got perspective. Again, does not mean anything for the game. We'll see. But I don't think you'll see a tight 49ers. You've seen them play two bad games and get through the NFC ch- playoffs, which has been interesting. Uh, but I – Purdy's a young guy who who acts like a mature guy. He acts like a 10-year veteran. They have guys who've been through the Super Bowl. Like eight guys on this roster were in that Super Bowl four years ago. Um, just my long way of saying I think this is not a team that's tight. This is not a team that's going to go in and get smacked by the Super Bowl media week. Uh, I know I'm not because I'm not going for, for, for media week. I am wisely, I think, skipping it coming in uh, later in the week. But uh, – just from from what we've seen, I'm going to be back down there today. Uh, this team is going to give its best shot in this game. And if they lose, it happens. There will be recriminations, but it won't be the storm and thunder. And if they win, it will be kind of the uh, the culmination of a pretty long buildup to this. Well, you, you kind of wrote about right in the after the the Detroit game, the conference final, just the the switch being kind of turned on, so to speak, yep. at, at half yep. kind of the you know. 
And I think I said, you know, last week about just, you know, if you, as long as you can survive, right, and you have like the right mentality, the right makeup, I kind of like that teams kind of go through that, right? And now, you know, instead of going it's through that, they've done it. Yeah, it's weird that they've done yeah, it twice in a row. Yeah, I just remember George Foreman saying about Felix Trinidad, right? You don't want to keep going back to the well, <laughs> you know, in terms of he used to get knocked down early all the time. But yep, the fact yep. that, you know, again, it, right, maybe this week it just means, hey, instead of having that conversation at halftime, they have it before the game. And, you know, um, so I, I, I like, you know, and don't you think, I don't know, I mean, as, as scary as Mahomes is, and I do think, you know, when I look at these playoffs kind of from like a, again, I haven't been covering this thing since the first round, right? The, you know, since the Rams got knocked out. But uh, to me, it's been on one side, you know, kind of the emergence of Purdy and kind of the greatness of Mahomes. Uh, that said, as scary as Mahomes is, isn't this a better matchup than Baltimore? I think it is. Yeah. I mean, again, Mahomes, you got to put to the side. I will say this. Not only Mahomes has been lighting up the playoffs. Like, he's been good. But they went, they put 17 up against the Ravens. I don't think they scored in the second half. Uh, the Ravens are good. That's, I'm, I'm not saying it was that's embarrassing. You won the game. That's all that matters. But it's not like Mahomes throwing seven touchdowns a game. He's got Kelsey. He's got some, you know, Scantling. Uh, Valdez Scantling has been good in the playoffs. We shall see how that continues. Uh, but it's not like he's lighting it up. I do think the Ravens were a tougher matchup. It, you know, and maybe that's just because I saw them blow up the 49ers at Christmas. They just have personnel that bugs the 49ers. That's, that speed in the middle of the defense is really difficult for Purdy because that's where the 49ers want to go. They'll throw to the outside more than they did with Garoppolo, but it's not like they're living there. They don't really have receivers who get to the outside all the time. Ayuk can. Um, they like to draw the linebackers up and throw over them in the middle, and the Ravens are all over that. The Ravens, you know, those linebackers and then Kyle Hammond at Hamilton at safety are just kind of 49er eaters. Like, they just – that they can play that they can anticipate what the 49ers want doesn't mean they will do it all the time uh no Mahomes you know Lamar Jackson you always got to wonder in the playoffs like there's comes a time where he has to beat you with his arm and it, it maybe doesn't happen and maybe the Ravens kind of need one or two more playmakers but maybe the Chiefs do too like you know they don't have the speed at the outside they used to have they blew up the 49ers last year though in the regular season by just creating ways to get outside and I think Bosa had one of his worst games, and he kind of acknowledged it yesterday. Um, you know, kind of trying to influencing guys one way and then going the other way. That was brilliant, Andy Reid, which we saw in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, how many times were guys just wide open walking into the end zone in, in that Super Bowl last year? Just wide open. This is, you know, Andy Reid knows how to do this stuff, and you've got that quarterback. I do think it's a slightly better matchup for the 49ers. I do think they should feel pretty good that. You know, the Tyreek Hill is not in this game to beat them on third and 15. Uh, I, I'm i not picking this game yet. I don't know. I want to kind of get a feel of it through the week, even though I won't be there for most of it. Uh, but this is not a terrible matchup for the 49ers. It is not. And the Chiefs give up, you know, they're not great against the run. Somehow the Ravens, who are a very good running team, did not run very much in an AFC championship game, which was a little befuddling. Uh, but... I think four hours are going to run a ball. <laughs> we know Kyle Shane is going to run that. He has thrown the ball more in the playoffs, uh, interestingly, because I think the, the teams have just been loading up against them, and he, th he thought the play was to, to try to play fake and throw over them, and that hasn't worked great until, you know, Purdy got hot in the final drive against Green Bay and then basically in the second half with the help of some deflections off people's faces. Uh, 
against Detroit, but I think they're going to run the ball. They're just going to run the ball. Christian McCaffrey is going to run the ball. Debo is probably going to run the ball. And it's not a terrible matchup for the Niners, other than Patrick Mahomes might just go, let's, you know, he might go off. I don't know that he goes off for a game anymore. You know, it's hard to do that in, in this league, but he could go off for a quarter and a half. And he did, he went off for half a quarter in the Super Bowl four years ago. And he put up this boom, 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 boom. It was jackpot. Um, th- those are the things that I'm looking at in this game. And you just can't entirely legislate for what Patrick Mahomes is going to do to you. Everything else, I think the foreign Irish have covered and they feel pretty good about that. And then we'll see, you know, they're going to need some all kinds of pressure on, on Mahomes. They're going to need to make sure guys don't slip behind them. They're going to need to cover Travis Kelsey and they're going to need to run the ball. And then when, if they draw the chiefs defense up, they need to throw. I think Purdy's going to need to move the move around too. Cause he, you know, he's short ball gets batted. He got batted a few times by the lines. Aiden Hutchinson, pretty tall guy. Um, Chris Jones did that to them in the super bowl, knocked down a couple of Garoppolo passes. Jimmy wasn't the guy who can move around like Purdy as we saw that in the NFC championship game, We've seen it his whole career. Like the guy can move around and he can throw on the move. And then if he's no, nothing's there, you can run. And I think he's going to need two or three of those to get first downs, maybe even to get a touchdown for the four ers to win this game, but it's, he's entirely capable of doing it. And we just saw, it. so um, all those things are on my mind right now, but I don't think this, yeah, I think the Ravens were actually a worse matchup. I think, no one's ever going to say, please give us Mahomes. They kind of would have wanted them both out, right? Uh, but they're not, and they could not do that. So I think they got, instead of 1A opponent, they got 1B. And you, you never say, yes, that's the guy, Mahomes. But the rest of that team is the kind of team the foreigners match up very well against. Yeah, I mean, right. It's kind of the the kind of identity. You know, you mentioned kind of Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs more of a defensive team now, right, than they were before. Um, You know, I think you look the two offenses across the board. The Niners have more weapons. You know, and you're but you're right, right. The the Chiefs, the the, their one weapon is like a nuclear bomb, right? And and the game right there. And so it's just kind of a matter of uh, you know, and that's the thing, right? But you know, like you said, pretty. If he makes some plays to kind of counterbalance that, right? I mean, obviously, you know, you don't expect him to exactly match the guy. But, you know, again, given the weapons he has around him at his disposal, they're probably going to do some damage. If he makes, you know, a few big plays here, I kind of – I like their chances a lot here, you know. Um, you know, you, you are – you know, again, the Mahomes thing just makes you nervous, right, just from the standpoint of well, how, much is, how much is already done and, yeah. The whole four ers thing is outrush the opponent, right? You rush the ball well and stop the opponent. Yet they've been outrushed. They've been gashed in the NFC playoffs, which is just strange. You know, the Packers and Lions have just run at will. I mean, less the Packers, but they still ran well. But the Lions just ran at will. And but I still think that like if they just outrush the the Chiefs, who are not a tremendous running team, they're not a bad one, but they're not tremendous. Pacheco is a physical rusher. Fortnite tend to do well against the more physical guys. It's the guys who get outside on them. Uh, Jamar Gibbs was really tough on them. Uh, that that bothered them. But uh, with all Mahomes factors, you know, trying to be accounted for, if you just outrush the Chiefs, unlike that they did in the NFC NFC playoffs, I think they're going to win the game and. I think they got a good shot at it. Again, I'm sort of tipping my hand what I'm thinking, although, uh, you know, I might go back and forth. I was go- I was going to pick the Chiefs last time, by the way. I really was. 
I just thought they were – and then I switched at the end because I just thought the 49ers felt it. I just – they had a – thought they had a good week in Miami. Shanahan said this yesterday. Like, their prep was good four years ago. They did play well four years ago up until third and 15. Like, you know, they still talk about it. They get Chiefs fans mad. I asked Jed York, about, what do you remember about that Super Bowl four years ago when he said, I remember Nick Bosa getting held on third and 15. <laughs> and, uh, he was get held, but you don't always get that call. Uh, you got you to gotta defend the guy. Like you, you've got to make sure Tyreek Hill doesn't get past you on third and 15. And they did. They blew the coverage. Uh, will they do that again? We'll see. There's no Tyreek Hill, though. But they, you know, they got other Rushy Rice, whatever. They got other guys. Um, I think the defensive line is going to have to show up. They're going to have to play the run in in a way that they have not played played it in the first two games of this of this postseason. But they can. Like you can just see it. You can see their path. Sometimes you can't see their path. Uh, and like four years ago, it was harder to see that path because that's when the Chiefs had everybody. And now, you know, I don't know. Um, I just think the Fortnite's have a clearer path to it. Geez, I'm writing my column right here. I might change my mind. I got a whole week to figure that out. But it doesn't yeah, – listen, they could lose. They absolutely could lose. And Kyle Shanahan will be saying, oh, you're just a, not a big game coach. And Brock Purdy, you're not – and what's ESPN been doing for two days already, and they're going to be doing it for another you know, seven days. Is Brock Purdy a lead if he wins the Super Bowl? Is he not a lead if he doesn't win the Super Bowl? I just think those are – or, you know, bad faith arguments in large part, just because not that Dan Marino did not win a Super Bowl. I think he's a great quarterback. John Elway did not win a Super Bowl to the end. He was freaking great. He just didn't win that game. Jim Kelly did not win a Super Bowl. It's tough. It's hard. That's why you celebrate it at the end. You know, that's why you go crazy at the end, but you can't, they're not all or nothing games at this point. They can't be. Look who you're playing against. Tom Brady went through a lot of people. Did he ruin careers? No, he just elevated his own. I, I do look at it that way. You do have to get one to be considered great. Absolutely. I do think the 49ers are set up to be here a few more times. You maximize it when you can. We'll see. Um, but I'm not building this up as all or nothing. I'm just building up as the 49ers have a great shot, and you don't want to waste these shots too many times. Yeah. I mean, you and I have joked about how this is much easier said than done. Big key, get a lead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's, I just thought, you know, and I don't just feel like it, there's like the Ravens have the formula against the 49ers. Get a lead. And it's get like, lead. you think the 49ers are like, oh my God, we, we just, we shouldn't have let them get the lead. We let them get the lead that we went on the board, say, let the Ravens get the lead. That'll do it. No, you're always trying to score more points than the other team. Yeah, well, because, you know, you talk about the, the rush defense, right? You know, mm -hmm. and that was kind of – when I was watching those games, that's what I was kind of thinking, right? It's like, you know, hey, if they have a lead, you know, the other team's not running yep. the ball as much, right? So it kind of yep. takes care yep. of it. But, but they so, gave up the lead because yeah, they were terrible that, against the rush. To, that's my key to the game. <laughs> Get Don't a lead. give up the lead. Don't score. <laughs> score more than the other team early. Uh, <laughs> and then score more than them in the middle. And then score more than them late uh i just i'm just laughing when it's like oh they they found a secret formula in the foreigners score more points than them early it's like yes yeah, you know, so i don't think the foreigners went in this game saying ah it doesn't matter if we score points early the hell of that like it's of course you want to score as much as you can when you can uh i you know i get along with shanahan i respect him we talk all the time i he does kind of coach old school got kind of bothered with me when i told him that last week but i think he does he plays the percentages. He doesn't go for crazy on fourth. He doesn't fake punt. He doesn't like 
He plays the percentages. He play, He wants to have the last score in the last possession of the first half, get the kickoff to start the start the third quarter because he usually defers or the other team takes the ball. We'll see how that happens in this game. Uh, and then get the lap, get the score at the end of the first half, the score at the beginning of the first half, when, uh, the second half. And when he does that, he almost always wins. Like if that those two things happen, he almost always wins. It has not happened in the playoffs so far. Like that's the point. Like he plays it to this. He's got a field goal at the end of the Packers game. I think they missed it. That's right. Uh, and didn't didn't quite happen. I'm trying to remember. I can't. These games are blurring in my mind. But he still plays it that way. I think it's a way to win big games. It hasn't happened in the Super Bowl yet. And maybe it will this Super Bowl. We shall see. You got anything else, Dylan? We've been going on for a little while here. Harbs, Harbs episode. Yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah, it's all football this week. You know, got to anyway, be. Well, LeBron we James rumor, somebody threw yeah, it. I don't we know can this get guy into, who threw that up. Yeah, yeah geez, he's, he's great. LeBron's gone, gone into Mr. Passive Aggressive mode again, you know, the sand clock emoji. And, yeah, he does that. He does that. Uh, we'll get to that in a later date, but uh, we'll, we'll do uh, we'll do one more pre-Super Bowl show next week. Who knows? There could be m- m- much more L.A. news. The Dodgers haven't signed anybody to $200 million contract so, uh, in quite some time. So maybe well, the Dodgers start spring training next week. Oh, my. So I'll, be, okay. I'll be in Phoenix because really? uh, yeah, they, wow. they open because they open um, they open their season in Korea. Oh, so wow. they're okay. starting camp early. So, yeah, this is going to be a. Uh, we might have Dylan on site of the Shohei Otani scene. Right? Wow, that's good. Like wa- that. Now that you mentioned it, I'll probably be watching the Super Bowl from the. Uh, God, there's a, a casino in, uh, in Glendale, Arizona. Oh, this stuff is nuts, man. You know, I always Boy. joke with the beat writers that, like, you can bet on spring training games there, which is crazy. In now, Glendale, just for Arizona. the record, I, I yeah. never bet on anything. You know, don't you, Dan, um, don't you? If I, <laughs> only thing you bet on is a, a split split eights uh, at the casino. Other than that, yeah. But nothing, nothing. yeah, that's the thing, though, right? The, you know, the, I always joke with the beat guys. They have the information about who's going to be pitching in these like split squad games that you can mm-hmm. actually bet on. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah. But let's not get into that. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I don't want to hear about. I don't want to know. And you do your own maybe little they thing there, Dylan. They, they can sponsor this podcast. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, that, listen to it. Listen to Dylan then. I'm not a part of this. Listen to Dylan. <laughs> the, the corruption of the North and South podcast is all that way, not my way, all that way. All right, that is it for today. I got 49er stuff I got to do, and you probably got, like, I don't know, gambling. Child, I got child care. Child care also. <laughs> my my, my right. kid gets off school early, so. Yeah. Excellent, everybody. That's the show for today. Say goodbye, Dylan. See you guys. Mm-hmm.